watch movie based on video games Think to yourself, this is kinda strange Mario is British, Luigi's Latino Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo Well that's video games and movie Video games and movie Video games and movie Hello again, and welcome to yet another edition of Video Games, the movie. This is the podcast where we talk about, you know, movies that are related to or based on video games. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and with me tonight, I don't have my usual co-host in James Milholland. He's off on assignment, but I do have Swedish superfan Bjorn. How you doing, man? Uh, It's all good. Early in the morning, but good. Early in the morning for you, even earlier for me. It's about 3 in the morning here in the States. Um, full disclosure, everyone listening, uh, I've been drinking quite a bit, so I'm, I'm kind of lit right now, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> but tonight we're talking about Double Dragon the movie, which is amazing in its terribleness. I've got a series of notes here. Um, this movie was released in 1994. It's based off of the, what, the 1985, 86 arcade game, Double Dragon. So they really struck it while the iron was hot on this one, right? Um, it, it's kind of a mystery to me how this movie even got made. You know, it stars um, Robert Patrick, who you may know as the uh, T-1000 from the Terminator 2 films. In this movie, he plays... The bad guy. I've kind of forgotten his name. I don't know if you remember Bjorn. It's not really relevant. But he looks like uh, Vanilla Ice. He's got that same kind of stair-stepped, like, bad die job that was popular in the 90s. It also stars Alyssa Milano, who you may remember from Who's the Boss. Um, Really nothing else comes to mind. (laughs) And it's the story of, uh, in this movie, two brothers that I guess are raised by some chick, I, I really don't know, They named Satori, who they kill off within the first five minutes of the film, so you really don't know much about her, but she's raising these two brothers who don't at all look like brothers, right? Because one is very clearly Asian, and the other is very cle- clearly Caucasian. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Um, anyway, uh, the movie starts out, and it tells you the legend of the Double Dragons, in which uh, this king sacrifices his life to make a medallion clearly states that and then it says he then separates the medallion in two and i'm very much wondering how one could separate something in two when they've already sacrificed their life but anyway um this is a very campy film it's uh it's based off the double dragon series but only in the loosest of senses. You know, you have your characters, Marion, who's played by Alyssa Milano. You have Billy and Jimmy Lee, um, played by two actors I recognize. One from Party of Five, I can't remember his name, and the other from, like, The Iron Chef. Um, they're, they're somewhat famous, but... Uh, they, they, I, they're not they're not what comes to mind when I think martial artists for sure and this takes place in the faraway future as of 1994 in 2007 uh, everything is just gone to shit apparently a big earthquake has come through destroyed the entire city of Los Angeles and everyone now has to rely on these um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, lifts, kifts, or what do they call it in the film, Bjorn? Help me out. Uh, you mean those uh, fans that they were? The, the, you know, in the very beginning of the film, in the fight scene, where there's the midget, like, pumping on the, the, like, it looks like an oversized industrial jack or something. It's helping the building to stay up. Throughout the film, you see these, like, ah, yeah. jacks all over these buildings that are, like, leaning one way or the other. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I don't. Uh, the production value for 1994 must have been through the roof, because they've they've created this entirely dystopian city of what they call New Angeles, right? And you see all these like, it, it looks like just really really oversized jacks propping all these buildings up. They even have like a lame ass commercial that they kind of throw in there. Uh, I don't even rem- remember what they call it, but where they're peddling these jacks to help keep buildings up and stuff. And um, 
you know, cars are fueled by, um, like, trash and stuff. So you got, like, the Mr. Fusion reference and everything. It's a very weird reality that never came to fruition. Um, you open up the film, these two brothers are uh, being raised by this chick, Satori. And she lets them know that... Uh, you know, they're in their 20s now. I don't know why they're still hanging out with her, but whatever. That they uh, were the descendants of this king or something, and she belonged to this tribe that was protecting this medallion. One half is uh, spirit, and the other half is body. And when they combine, they can create some kind of ultimate power. <sighs> um, she has one half and is hidden the other half. But the bad guy, Robert Patrick, a.k.a. T-1000, has found one half of the medallion already, and he has um, used it to gain these powers where he can, like, turn into a shadow and take people over or something. Uh, seems pretty kick-ass. The power of the soul. The power of the soul, yeah. And presumably the other one is the power of the body. And she gives it to whichever one the blue one is. I think it's Jimmy. No, it's... Billy, uh, it doesn't matter. Gives it to the blue one, um, who is kind of the asshole of the two brothers, honestly. Um, the one that looks more Asian seems like he's more uh, got things together, so to speak. He's uh, not as hot headed as the younger brother in the blue outfit. And in the beginning of the movie, they're in like some kind of tournament where they're fighting and they end up losing because of the hot headed brother. Um, trying to pull some cheats and stuff. Anyway, uh, they quickly get raided by the bad guy, the T-1000, and... Oh, wait, I, I totally skipped something, didn't I? They actually stay out after curfew, because for some reason there's this whole thing, right, Bjorn, where, like, they have yeah, a... Yeah, the truce between the gangs and the police that after... Yeah. E when evening falls, then the gangs will take over and the police will... Which is well, something... Go back to the station. <laughs> sure. That's something that the police would do. Uh, not really. Yeah, they've got some kind of crazy truce where it's like, at nighttime, the gangs can do whatever the F they want. The police locks everything down. They tell you, you need to go indoors. And the gangs go out and loot. And they... Um, if If the gangs catch you out at night, they will, like, charge you a fee in the very least or whatever. And after the tournament, they kind of get held up and they end up going after curfew and they meet up with this gang where they meet up with uh, a Bobo or Boa Bobo, I think is his full name, um, who is in the original Double Dragon. And he's depicted with this big, goofy looking sprite. And uh, they have a computer system that I get. I don't know what what it is but they, they they type in the guy's name or the description of him and it comes up that he can lift 800 pounds for some reason it's like the first thing it tells him is like yeah this guy is a steroid freak and he can lift over 800 pounds say about his power level it's over 9000 and the required toll is $50 which is kind of hilarious to me because if they're already good like have control of the streets when they just take everything you have i don't know but they stop them well you need to make more money you know if you <laughs> take all of them huh? yeah you can only fleece a sheep so many times right so um they uh yeah they pull them over and uh, they don't have the 50 dollars to pay them so they try and take the medallion off of uh satori and she tells them, hit the gas, go. And they go like, down the road. And of course, there's this big race that ensues. Um, they're throwing trash into this uh, Mr. Fusion type thing that's apparently the fuel system for the future. And they run out of trash. And then, you know, Billy or whichever one it was, the hot-headed brother, comes up with an idea of throwing a map that is covered in cheese uh, behind him to try and blind the truck behind them and when he does uh it hits perfectly because fucking of course it does this is a movie 
and you think, oh, good, well, he's blinded. Well, no, he has a camera system that can, like, create this video game type of scenario to pop up where it uh, somehow sends him imagery and he's able to steer via this. Of course, he could just roll down his window and grab the map and pull it aside, but apparently, um, whatever. Yeah. What's the fun in that? Yeah. And, and you have to notice that their car is called the Dragon Wagon. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> sounds like uh, sounds like something out of a Quentin Tarantino film. Um, yeah. And uh, they go on this high-speed chase with a Bobo following, and they end up... Uh, getting away from him temporarily by throwing a can of easy cheese into the, um, into Mr. Fusion and it creates a temporary super boost and they're able to get away momentarily and they run into an alleyway, which their dragon wagon is able to pass through. But the much bigger SUV that, uh, a Bobo and his, his passenger, I don't, I don't know if you recognize him in Sweden. I don't know whether or not, um, the commercial runs in Sweden Bjorn, but, um, here we had a series of commercials for um, Chef Boy RD. Is that even a thing over there? Uh, nothing that I know of. Uh, oh, okay. Well, it's it's basically like it's garbage canned food over here. It's a brand name, Chef Boy RD, and they used to run these commercials where uh, this kid would like eat Chef Boy RD and get it all over his face, and he would say "beefy." And the kid with the mohawk, the little skinny guy beside a bobo. He was the kid from those commercials, so that is all I will ever remember him from. So when I see that kid with a mohawk, all I'm thinking is him eating straight from a can with a spoon way too fast and getting it everywhere. Um, anyway. Hear that? Bells. School's out. 400 yards. 300 yards. 100 yards! It's hungry, sir! Someone will get that reference. Well, I gotta ask you, mate. Okay. When you when you saw them in the car, did you get any reference that sprang to mind or anything? Like you got a feeling about something or a very well uh, yeah, reference like. Uh no. Why? No, because the only thing I could when they sat in the car laughing, talking, the only thing I could start to think about was were Beavis and Butthead, to be honest. <laughs> right? Because, yeah, they're just sitting there, like, laughing a little too much, and the, the skinny guy makes the comment, oh, it's Lee Brothers, we know who they are, and you're like, okay, well, you just saw them in person, and you didn't recognize them, but suddenly you know who they are, whatever. And then he, instead of calling them uh, Billy and Jimmy, he calls them Ugg and Holmes, so Ugly and Homesly, or Homely. Um, and the other guy, like two minutes later, he finally gets it. A Bobo gets it. And he goes, Oh, I get it. Ugly and homely. And they just like laugh a little too much at it. Uh, even if they were like completely stoned, I don't think it's quite that funny, but whatever, you know, this is very obviously they were trying to go for the campy over the top, just garbage movie. And as a kid, I didn't appreciate it. Um, as an adult, I do a little more. Well, you can give them a bit more slack now. You've got a bigger reference on stupid things. Yeah. Well, they get in this alley, and they're stuck in that they can't go any further, and the car behind them is stuck. And then a Bobo and the, the little skinny guy exit. The skinny guy, he says, you know, you go ahead. And a Bobo, who can lift 800 pounds, which no, you can't. But um, he comes forward, and they're about to fight him. And then all these guys come out of the woodwork so to speak um some of them are they just have like outfits to make them look camouflaged against graffiti which i guess presumably we're supposed to believe they're just standing there all day with this coat on until something happens and then they turn around but i don't know whatever uh, all these other gang members turn around and we're first introduced to uh the power core um that's c-o-r-p-s much like retro game core um our website and uh a Bobo sees he's outnumbered and he takes off, but he leaves his little iPod or whatever sitting on the ground. It dropped out of his pocket. 
Um, This is where we're introduced to Marion, who in the video game is the girlfriend of Jimmy Lee, I think, and has no martial arts prowess whatsoever. In this game, it's just Alyssa Milano, who looks very good, uh, despite her carrying, uh, gosh, what, herpes, I think. Um, Maybe this is a good time for some trivia on Alyssa Milano. I actually know someone here in uh, the States that was good friends with someone that had been with Alyssa Milano. Um, she's actually from the Oklahoma area before she blew up. And yeah, she has herpes. It's actually well documented. When he told me the story, I was like, bullshit, you don't know anyone that has slept with her. And uh, I looked it up and evidently, no, it's 100% true. And did you know that uh, Alyssa Milano as well were the kid from the old Commander movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> You know what? I didn't. I didn't make that correlation. No, I haven't seen Commando since I was a little kid. So no, I didn't realize that. Wow. Okay. Um, That's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'll have to rewatch that. Um, probably not anytime soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, she offers them to join the Power Corps. They respectfully decline. Um, Gosh, where does it go from here? I just watched this movie and I've already forgotten how bad is that. Um, I think it's the theater after that. Where, oh, that's right. When she tells them the, about the legend of the double dragon. Mm-hmm. And then they show up with uh, Huey and Lewis. Who, I mean, I don't know if Huey Lewis is anybody over in Sweden, but here he was a relatively popular music artist throughout the 80s and uh, early 90s, I believe. Um, Huey Lewis are the two henchmen of the main bad guy. There's even uh, a line in the film where he, he says, Huey Lewis, News, which Huey Lewis and the News is the name of the band. Um, there's a lot of references like that in this film, just really campy stuff. Um and they fight them. There's this scene which, like, a lot of people make fun of, but I thought was, like, hilarious. There's all kinds of stuff he could have said that would have been more relevant in the fight scene. But there's this scene where, for some reason, he closes a suitcase and locks a suitcase over the hair of one of the henchmen. And then he says, uh, wow, what a head case. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> And then throughout the rest of the fight, this guy's got a damn suitcase attached to his head. It's like, why would you do that? First of all, I mean, that has almost like, I guess it's like a minor annoyance at the best. Now you have to fight with a damn suitcase attached to your head. It's not like a big weight differential or anything like that, but it would be kind of annoying to have that attached to your hair, I guess. I don't know. But again, this movie is just full of stupid ass puns like that. Just stupid scenes like that. It's so silly. Um, anyway, they fight them. Uh, and this is where you learn that dude has like these powers of shadow where he can take people over. He briefly takes over Satori. Um, she initially says, Hey, give me back the medallion and we can get out of here. And they're like, wait a minute. Why would we give you the medallion? And then she makes a grab for it. They realize that she's not herself. Uh, they lock her in a cage. Then the shadow guy, he turns back to his shadow and gets out of there. And he has, um, Huey and Lewis pour gasoline all over the place. Um, a Bobo shows back up. He has been altered to where they pumped him full of these steroids to whereas before he could lift 800 pounds now he looks like he can lift a building he he's ridiculously muscled and he looks quite frankly he looks like a piece of chewed bubble gum right yeah the funny thing is that in the beginning as you said when they say that oh he can lift 800 pounds and when they <laughs> do the mutation thing the experiment uh-huh. he's like oh you're gonna have the strength of 10 men Oh, but I, I already got that. Well, okay. And he's he's not far from the truth. I mean, a little bit. Like, your average guy could probably lift more than 100 pounds. But if you have the strength of 10 men at 800 pounds, then presumably 10 men can only lift 80 pounds apiece. Maybe he has the strength of 10 elderly gentlemen initially. But this causes him to be like this big... Like I said, he looks like a huge wad of bubble gum. He's got so much muscle, it's ridiculous. And um, they kind of... They throw bricks at him and everything else, and then, yeah, he gets knocked over by a 
uh, a punching bag of all things. And then, yeah, we go to the scene with Satori where they lock her in the cage. And um, they initially, she's like, leave me, you know, when she comes to her senses. And they're like, no, we can't do that. And um, she kicks her way out of the cage and then they go to leave. And she ushers them outside, closes the door behind them to sacrifice herself in an attempt to kill this guy that has already demonstrated that he can at any time turn into a fucking shadow and just get away. Um, which he does. She stays in the building, which has blown up due to this gas leak and she's dead. We really didn't get a chance to know her. Um, she's already gone. And then we, where do we go to the scene where they end up on the docks? Um, they're kind of going back and forth a little bit, uh, about Satori dying. Uh, the one brother is mad about the car because the engine is covered in cheese and will no longer run. And, uh, he says, looks like we're, uh, foot soldiers now or something like that or pedestrians now. And, um, the other one says, what does that matter? Blah, blah, blah. And he grabs his lunchbox, which why the fuck does he have a lunchbox? And he throws it in the ocean, which apparently is a very dramatic scene because they go back to it after the brothers resolve their differences and they kind of focus in on it and fade away, fade to black on this lunchbox sinking into the ocean. Um, gosh, where do we go from here? I know there's another big fight. I'm going to jump around a lot. Probably you're going to have to help me. uh... Yeah. After that, he ups the bounty and want all the gangs to go look for them for, because now he has suddenly united all the gangs by killing one leader and well i mean if you had could have done this before i mean why not (laughs) why why wouldn't you just do it before yeah and and the leader of the gang is very famous for being in a lot of 80s films i instantly recognized him from being in the movie weird science he's that like really bug-eyed weird-faced guy as soon as you see him if if you've seen any movie from the 80s you've probably seen this guy yeah i noticed Um, him I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, and he kills him and gains control of all the gangs. And then he tells the gangs that they have, uh, as opposed to only fighting at night, he's like, hey, you guys need to also fight at day now. And uh, they do so. And Billy and Jimmy, after their car breaks down, they go walking back home and they encounter uh, the bad guys. We we meet Sir Chef Boyardee and the rest of the guys. And a small battle ensues. And this is the first time in the film uh, tonight when I rewatched it that I actually uh, broke out into hysterical laughter and the scene in which it's like it's so silly Bjorn right because you've got these guys that are dressed as uh, everything from like you got guys that look like they're prints uh, dressed in like just the full like regalia the purple rain type of you know p- pirate shirt and everything to like this the, the one that made me laugh the most is this guy that's like dressed as a postal worker um and he's on top of this building and he says, Hey guys, special delivery. And they look up oh, and he's yeah. like so high on this building. And then he just jumps off of it, male flying behind him. And they just simply step out of the way and he falls right into the mud. And as he's falling, he says, uh, air mail. And, and oh <laughs> my God, I know. Right. And they step out of the way and they look at each other and they go, I've never seen the male move so fast. And then they laugh like Beavis and Butthead and they give each other that stupid high five they give where the one hand they give like a fist bump and the other hand they give a high five. But on the opposite end, the one guy catches the hand with his high five and yeah, it you, you have oh to watch the movie. God. I, I know. I know it's so cheesy, but man, this time around, I was like, you know what? This is so bad. It's good. I can't, I can't be mad at it. And they decide that they have to get enlist the help of the power core and able to defeat, uh, T-1000, uh, Robert Pat Kogashuko. Kogashuko. Yeah. So they, they had to presumably, uh, the younger one knows where to go and they go under this bridge and he's like, yeah, this is where it goes. It's right there. It's that door. It's like, okay. And it says, Oh, but it has a sign. It says not to go in this door. You please use other door. And it's like, no, no, th- that's a diversion. We need to use this door. And they open it up. And of course it says, watch your step. And then they go down a mine cart because why the fuck not? And they get thrown onto a pad, um, where they're surrounded by literally children, 
And this was a really strange moment in the film for me. I'm like, wait a minute. The power core is entirely populated by... There's one kid there that looks like my daughter's age. Like three. He can't even hold a fist. And yet they've got him in the position like he's going to do something. Um, I was like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> Strength in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've often wondered whether or not I could take 100 toddlers. I, I, I think I can. Even in my advanced age. You know, I'm, I'm nearing 40. But I... Still think I could take a hundred toddlers. Um, anyway, they're not intimidated. They get up. Um, Alyssa Milana comes forward and they say, "Hey, we need your help." And uh, she is pretty open to the idea. Says, "Yeah, we should, we should get together and do this or whatever." But then shortly after saying that, you know, they explained to her, "Well, we have this medallion and it's magic, but we uh, we don't know how to use it." Uh, they try and use it again. It doesn't work. Um, then they get raided, right, by Kokushu or whatever his name is, and the gang. Is that right? Yeah, and the funny thing is, while well, they're trying to uh, work out the magic of the medallion, when it starts to hum, it, uh, somebody starts to swing this uh, pipe around, so it makes a humming sound. And they're like, yeah. "Oh, it's working! It's working! Rub it harder! Rub it harder!" <laughs> exactly. My my daughter has that exact toy. It's like that. Uh, I don't know if you have them in Sweden, but it's like a plastic thing with a horn on one end and it's kind of, I don't know, piped or whatever. And if you swing it fast enough, it makes this high-pitched, like, weird, almost eerie noise. And, yeah, this guy's just fucking with him, swinging it. Of course, that doesn't work. They get raided. They get into this big fight. Um, oh, gosh. I did, I did miss. I did miss. We need to go back. When... When the place explodes, a Bobo is still stuck inside. I did forget to mention that. And the power core do grab him up. They grab him up and they keep him as oh, a Oh yeah. yeah. They keep him as a prisoner and they tie him to a wall where Alyssa Milano is force feeding him fucking spinach. Because that is a form of torture, apparently. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of spinach. It's not bad. I can eat some of it. Um, but this is like her idea of like waterboarding or something. She's got a literal funnel to his mouth like you would see in like a uh, from a beer bong. And she's just like putting spinach in there. And he's like, oh, please, no more. And he's like farting and <laughs> grunting and stuff. Well, have you eaten her cooking? I don't know anything about it. Might be torture. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. We've established she has herpes. Uh, we don't know anything else about her. But yeah. Um, <sighs> herpes and spinach. Okay, that's the way to go. <laughs> it sounds like a delicious meal. But... Um, yeah, he's not giving up the ghost. He's actually, for some reason, even though he's been forced to look like this giant piece of shit um, by uh, Kokushu, and, you know, they, they obviously gave not a crap about him because they left him in the building while they blew it up, etc., etc., he is he, he's a good dude. He's loyal to his people, and he's not talking at this point, despite being force-fed spinach to the point where he's farting every two seconds. Anyway. This battle ensues, and he's still, like, he's locked up in a bathroom or something, right? And there's a... I never noticed it as a kid, but I noticed it this time around. There's a line where um, Alyssa Milano's character, Marion, is fighting Linda, the, like, whip-toting chick from the game, who is played by this girl that I recognized, but I didn't know from where until this line came up. Uh, she pins Alyssa Milano to the wall and she said, who's the boss now? And I was like, oh, that's a reference to who's the boss because that was, a, I don't know if you got that show there, Bjorn, but it was a show here where Alyssa Milano from the time that she was like, I don't know, like eight years old to like around the time this movie came out starred in. It was a big show over here. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's a line that references who's the boss starring like Tony Danza and Judith Light and gosh, I can't remember, the, you know, some other actors that are probably long dead. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then she comes back after she beats her. She says, generally, you're lucky. Generally, I put people in the hospital and then it all clicked like that. I was like, that's where I know that chick. She was in, there was a sitcom over here, Bjorn, called General Hospital. And the blonde haired girl was on that show for years and years and years. So I was like, oh, g generally I put people like you in the hospital. I was like, there's another reference. Boom. So this movie does a lot of that. I probably didn't even catch all of them that are throughout. I probably only caught like maybe a third of them or something. I don't know because there are a lot. Um, 
I mean, the names in this movie is... I don't know if they're just embarrassing or brilliant or what they are. I mean, like, her character, character like, Linda Lash with a whip. Hmm. I mean, oh. oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Where does it go from here? There's... Oh, man. Okay, so they... Yeah, they, um, they managed to escape after... Well, let's see. They noticed that... No, what the hell? I'm getting confused. Here. I am too, because a lot of the a lot of it can just be inserted anywhere. I, I know there's a battle in which they they fight. Co, is it Kokushu? And uh, they're in like an arcade, which like piqued my interest because I was like, "Ooh, arcade!" And instantly you see a double dragon machine in yeah. the background, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, okay." That'd be like, I don't know, like watching Harry Potter, and Harry Potter is reading a Harry Potter book. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You're kind of like, uh, uh-huh. But whatever. They, they had to have a reference to the game in some way. I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. And so that was weird. But it, it made my heart as a game collector go, ah, because they keep destroying these classic machines in this fight. You know, they're throwing roundhouses everywhere and smashing everything up. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Just... I would kill for any one of these at this point, but you know, <laughs> not that I have room for it, but I'd, I'd figure it out, Bjorn. I definitely would. Um, but yeah, there's that. And there, there's a couple of fights like that. There's another one where they go to the basement of uh, Kokushu's labs. And then again, I'm jumping around a lot because a lot of this doesn't, again, it could, it could go anywhere in the film, right? Um, and Kokushu's taking control of different dead bodies that he has down there. He's got like a basketball player initially he takes control of, right? And, uh, fights him with that. And then when they kill him, the basketball player by like smashing a door on him, uh, his shadow is sitting there and then they just hit this industrial fan, which apparently is the kryptonite for a shadow. And it like tries to pull it in. Unfortunately, this fan, even though... I, I've worked on these fans, guys. It it does not put out this much air. Um, one of the brothers is, like, hanging on for dear life on a ledge, his legs, like, being pulled towards the fan, and, and like, Mary, and turn it off quickly, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, no, no, guys. It does not put out that kind of air. Uh, nowhere close to that. You could stand right next to that thing. It would not pull you in. Um, but whatever. It's a movie. I get it. Um, Marion, in the last second, turns it off. But, of course, it doesn't kill the bad guy. Um, gosh, where do I go from here, Bjorn? There's like... <sighs> well, he somehow he manages to well turn the fan around, so he comes back mm -hmm. and becomes a shadow again. And then he takes over the big dude with the metal head and everything. Yeah. He that's, like, impervious to any sort of hurt. Right, he's got this guy, for some reason, he's got, like, metal arms, a metal chin, a metal head, and they're not yeah. able to defeat him. And uh, the one younger, hot-headed brother and Marion go through this door, and the other brother, the red brother, I don't know which one is which, uh, gets grabbed up by Kokushu, and they manage to escape, but they have to leave him behind. And then next, when they see him in this battle... Um, his brother is possessed by Kokushu. Um, and it's not until, and there's a, like a brief fight or whatever, but it's not until the one brother actually tries to throw the medallion away. He like takes it off his, he says, I don't need you anymore. You're a piece of crap. And he throws it, you know, of all the things he's tried, you know, he's tried rubbing it. He's tried wishing on a star. Uh, nothing he's done has made it. But when he says, I don't want you, you know, this is like a bad girlfriend. <laughs> he he throws it away. That's when it comes back. And it floats through the air back to him. All of a sudden, it's unlocked this ability to where he's impervious to damage because this is the body half of the medallion, right? And um, uh, the guy's like, obviously, I cannot defeat you, but I can kill your brother whose body he is currently, like, uh, taken over. And he goes to... He's puppets. Yeah, and for some reason there's a damn heavy bag that's like hanging 20 feet up because that's where you put things like that. And he releases the rope to make it fall on himself. Of course, the other brother that's impervious to damage takes the hit. 
and uh, nothing is, you know, nothing happens. Um, and then he, God, what happens here? I, I actually am blanking now. Somehow he gets a hold of both okay. medallions. Yeah, so he uh, starts, well, kicking his ass more or less, I think it's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, somehow he manages to knock Jimmy out and uh, suddenly... Uh, suddenly Jimmy breaks free and they have a race for the medallion. No, right. wait. No, when he... Um, right. oh. When Jimmy gets... Uh, Billy gets knocked down, he drops the medallion. And uh, let's see, Koga Shuk manages to get both halves and uh, get, releases Jimmy. And he's like, Jimmy, are you okay? Yeah. And suddenly then Koga Shuko is this badass dude. It transforms into like to samurais right which i mean with and meanwhile when abobu has been in this locked up toilet and he <laughs> is like no no he goes to the bathroom mirror and for the first time since the transformation he has actually looked at himself and he's like and he's like started crying i look like something that would be put on the bottom of a school desk or something i mean he really does look like chewed bubble gum i mean i don't know how else to describe him that's the perfect like, you chew a piece of bubble gum, you take it out of your mouth, and it's all lumpy and gross looking. That's a bobo. And he looks in the mirror, he sees himself with single tear rolls, and he's like, yeah, maybe I chose the wrong side. Yeah, and he breaks free of his bonds. He goes out there, and he uh, he tells Marion, he says, Marion, turn on the lights! Which, early in the film, um, T-1000 Kokushu complained that um, the lights bother his eyes. He's like, never turn the lights on unless I have my shades on. So they turn the lights on and it distracts him enough to where Billy and Jimmy can use their little ballerina trick that they were working on earlier in the film, which is like the gayest martial arts move I think I've ever seen, where they hold each other's hands and they kind of just do this like wildly spin kicky thing that like anyone could see from a mile off and just duck it but whatever for some reason it works I'm here thinking, uh, thinking <laughs> of the movie Blades of Glory with uh, exactly the comedy <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> yep it is exactly Blades of Glory think of that yep and they do the Blades of Glory on these two samurais and it works it also somehow knocks the medallions off of the two samurai and then they grab them up and uh, T-1000 goes, oh, shit, you know, Kokushu uh, wasn't expecting that. They put them together like the Wonder Twins, you know, Wonder Twins Unite, and the only thing that changes is their outfits turn into, like, these really cheesy-looking outfits like you see in the game where the sleeves are cut away, and and they're, they they even kind of comment on it, which I thought was kind of cool. They're like well, these kind of look goofy and it's like yeah well you know whatever and uh they proceed to kick his butt and um yeah the, the they win uh the one brother as the police chief who is the father of Alyssa Milano's character we failed to mention shows up um the one brother that has now gained the ability to possess people much like Kokushu could before because now he holds the medallion possesses Kokushu um, punches himself in the face the whole time saying like why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself you know like you would and uh, writes out a check for 129 million dollars to the local police department and uh, then he leaves his body and he says no just go ahead and arrest me I'm guilty and they arrest him and everything is thought to be good and then a bobo shows up and he says, hey guys, uh, what's going on? And Marion has fixed the uh, dragon wagon. And uh, he says, hey, can I drive it? And they say, sure. And he gets behind the wheel and they all kind of go, ah, and that's pretty much double dragon. Yeah, right. Marion and Jimmy think it's Billy is just messing around Me- messing with them. up in the between the seats and like, oh, what you doing? Yeah, but no, it's not. It's actually... Boa Bobo, and he wanted to drive because whatever. It, oh my god, this movie's so bad, Bjorn. I don't. This... I mean, it, this movie is so hard to keep track of because I, yeah. I feel like they go back to places and they go forward and then go back. It's so few places that they are actually touching the movies. It's like, 
okay in what order are they going around or are they not going around it's it is hard to keep track of they did do a lot of things i feel like i was like okay that's fucking cool they there's like a scene in the future where the local news crew is manned by vanna white of um i don't know if you get it over there but uh wheel of fortune fame um andy dick is the weatherman I, again, I don't know if you know who he is over there. And then their um, their news anchor is George Hamilton. So it's almost like they chose the three most B-list movie stars from the 90s. Like, just, this is the, I mean, they're all celebrities, don't get me wrong. But this is like the bottom of the barrel celebrities. And they play themselves in this futuristic world of 2007, right? And they... Uh, Okay, you know, and you know what? The funniest part about that was like, I can see George Hamilton as being a news acre. I could see Vanna White as playing the role of like the too, all too chipper, happy go lucky, like side anchor of a morning show, like your Kathy Lee Gifford or uh, your Kelly Ripper or whatever. And then you got Andy Dick as the weatherman. I was like, oh my God, he'd make such a fucking great weatherman because he is just so out there man like i don't know if you ever heard andy dick do comedy or seen anything that he's in but he's uh he's an acquired taste just to say the least and that, that blew my mind that they had that going on and then like i said all the references the who's the boss now generally i put people in the hospital and all this stuff and the huey lewis in the news and all this stuff that is in this film i'm just like Oh my God, you know, like, and there's probably, I could probably watch this film again and catch another three or four things and then watch it again after that and catch another couple. There's just so much subtle references, some not so subtle, obviously, but that like, it's just like, oh, that's, I don't know who this guy is, if he's brilliant or insane. Now, obviously I kind of think he's insane because the movie didn't do so hot. And initially when I saw it, I thought this is a, turd sandwich I don't I, this isn't anything having to do with anything this doesn't this isn't anything about Double Dragon you know because I love Double Dragon I'm, I'm sure you love it too it's a beloved game um, this isn't Double Dragon it, it's like so tangentially related to it only in like that there's a Billy and a Jimmy and a Marion and a Bobo and etc it has nothing to do like yeah i mean it's, it's like the movie dungeons and dragons it's the same <laughs> thing here i mean it's got nothing to do with the other real where the name comes from it's just okay it's a cool name let's take it yeah or or super mario brothers the movie or a number of these films like you take something that's already exists it has a lore you know when you've played the original double dragon the first thing that happens is you see this gang they walk up on marion who is one of the brother's girlfriends i don't recall which and they punch her in the stomach in the nes version throw her over a shoulder and they walk off and then you have to go to the mean streets to fight your way through to save her you know in the arcade version they actually in the beginning of the game they shoot her down but they felt on the nes that that wasn't you know kosher for their family mentality that they have for the system um and yeah, you get revenge in the arcade game or whatever. But in this game, Marion's like the leader of a gang, but she's also like a high school student or something. It's very, it's just very, everything is so very weird about this movie. It's almost like the people writing it had no idea that Double Dragon was even a video game, except that they obviously did because they put in all these fucking references and stuff. It's so weird to me. Like, the more I watch it, the more I like it. This is the third time I saw the film. The first time, I thought it was utter crap. The second time, I was like, all right, whatever. It's it's a movie. This time watching it, I actually enjoyed the film. What do you think, Bjorn? Well, <laughs> okay, where to start with this one? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a good movie in itself. Not as a game movie, but, I mean, it has a certain entertainment value, mm-hmm. definitely, because... Well, it will make you laugh. Exactly. On good basis or bad basis. I mean, <laughs> come on. But still, it's if you haven't seen this, mo- this movie, you should see it because, well, if you got the right sense of humor, it will make you laugh. You don't go into it thinking this is going to be a serious film. Don't go into it thinking that it's going to, like follow Double Dragon in any way, shape, or form. This is like just a campy B-movie, you know, like, 
and I don't know the budget of this film. I actually, I didn't look that up before. Usually I do. It looks like they spent a lot of money on this movie. Um, there's for the time 1994, there's a lot of cinematics, a lot of like backdrops and stuff that I'm like, okay, that cost half a million dollars right there. Um, I don't know, man. It's and don't go into this movie expecting it to be an Oscar nominee. No, God, some of the acting is so fucking bad, and, and some of the uh, the costume work is just it's atrocious. Uh, even the aforementioned Mohawk game that shows up at the, at the beginning of the movie, you know, Chef Boyardee and Obobo, um, you can s- clearly see they're wearing bald caps. You you can see the line and the makeup and everything. Um, it's just so silly. It's like the Warriors on crack, if you've seen the movie The Warriors. It's like just this over-the-top oh, yeah. over shit. You know, you got these gangs that, why would you dress like this? And why would you, you know, just, oh. All in all, though, you know, I got to say, of the films I've watched for this show, Bjorn, this is maybe my favorite, um, which is weird, you know, because we've we've done a couple of really good ones. But this one, like, I was out loud laughing tonight watching this thing multiple times. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Maybe it was the drink. I have been drinking tonight, as I said, but... I really think this is an enjoyable film. This is something that you can watch and and actually get a few uh, raffles out of. So, I'm gonna say. I mean, know. there are at times you will need a pillow just to bury your head in it. Really. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, there are some really groan-worthy things too. Uh, oh man. Uh, I checked it out now, and the budget for this movie was seven point eight million. So, <laughs> really low. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. Huh. Um you know, I would definitely say to anyone listening to this, um watch it. You can watch this for free on YouTube. That's how I watched it tonight. It's not hard to find. Um and it was in HD quality, you know. Uh you're going to get some laughs out of it. It's kind of a funny movie, man. I I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh that's all I have to say about Devil Dragon the movie, man. You know, I I, I was asked by Bjorn, or not Bjorn, you're Bjorn. I was asked by James to mention, like, briefly talk about the games themselves because uh, some of his students listen to uh, the show, and they they like the show, but they were like, well, what game are they talking about, you know? And it's hard for me to believe that anyone wouldn't know what Double Dragon is, but people younger than you and I might not have any clue as to what Double Dragon is was you know basically for those of you that are younger than 25 i would think uh, double dragon was a side-scrolling beat-em-up it was one of the first side-scrolling beat-em-ups in which you played as two brothers it was a two-player game um billy and jimmy lee and they had the exact same move set you know you'd kick punches and grabs etc in the original double dragon you could um gain hearts to level these abilities it was almost a pseudo experience system and as you gained hearts you would unlock different abilities the drop kick the head grab uh spin kick later on etc 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 um and yeah it's just your standard brawler uh you you know you walk from right to left just kicking everyone's ass in your way at the end of each level there will be a boss that's basically double dragon it was like that in one two and three then there was a super double dragon for the super nintendo that was much the same there was also a uh, battletoads and double dragon that was released for the nintendo super nintendo and the sega genesis um they're all excuse me pretty much the same game they're just a beat-em-up you just beat things up uh you can find weaponry in the way of uh Pipes, barrels, knives, dynamites. Uh, I think that might be it. Maybe swords. I don't recall. But yeah, it's just a beat-em-up game. So for those of you unfamiliar with the actual game that we're talking about, the movie that is based on the game, that's what you got. Uh, that's all I got, Bjorn. You got anything else? Well, I just got a couple of notes that I made about the movie that Absolutely. I found really hilarious. At the first fight when they cheat and they lose the well the prize I asked the first vibe I got from the F5 was like oh look it's Karate Kid yeah it is 100% Karate Kid in that scene yeah because they're wearing the whole white karate gi and they're in like this darkly lit room and yeah fighting against uh, an opponent in a 
you know, with a circle of people all around him cheering him on and everything. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent Karate Kid. And you know, well, we did not mention the when they were escaping from the gang with the mad postal worker when they take the boat and flees over the water and yeah. they get uh, chased by the water scooters and the, the water scooters, the drivers have the aiming in their helmet somehow uh-huh. for a, a small mounted rocket launcher on a water scooter with like a rifle barrel that shoots a full blown rocket. I did not really get that There's how a... it works out in the, yeah. in the size department. I don't know. And then the water itself is flammable. Um, although when it does catch fire, it only catches fire in pockets for some reason. That's not the way flammable materials work, whatever. Um, yeah, they hit that. They hit that sign that says New Angeles. They blow up. They're presumed dead, but somehow they escape without a scratch. Um, and then the one brother says to the other, "Like, don't get any in your mouth because it'll make your hair fall out and you'll get diarrhea for weeks." That never manifests. There's a lot. There's just oh, so lucky, luckily. <laughs> That that would make for an interesting last battle. <laughs> That's like your special move. <laughs> oh, um, not stomach, not stomach. <laughs> like that could be your sub zero. Make the ground uh, ice oh. instead. You make the ground just a pile of feces, and you can slip around on that. Uh, I was just thinking about one more thing. Um, okay. When they fight in the office and they go into the elevator just to escape, when they throw themselves down when before they get to the lab. I mean, when they throw themselves into the elevator and they go down, I mean, then the rope is not moving. They are moving down. And I was thinking that, like, how the hell their hands, there should be nothing left of their hands. When you, when you throw yourself through a high, like, uh, skyscraper with your hands from the, like, 10th floor and you go down to the basement and, like, oh, that's a rough landing. That's uh, the what magic the of the medallion. And the medallion protected them. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because movies. Because movies, exactly. I mean, there's there's so much wrong with this film, but it's also so right. Like just the costume design. I mean, you have literal clowns coming after them, guys with like big clown hands and stuff. I mean, it's just the most over the top thing you can imagine. Like, I don't know that I could try to make something more crazy and off the wall than this film. It's just so not what you think when you think Double Dragon. It's like Double Dragon is a very serious, just side-scrolling beat-em-up. You know, it has, you know, extreme gravity in that you're you're trying to save your, your loved one, and then in the original version, you actually end up fighting your brother at the end. And I mean, it's a much better story in-game than it is in-movie. If you're looking for something that is uh, traditional, but this movie is so campy and so over the top and so almost unlike anything you've seen. This almost feels like a uh, trauma movie. Have you ever seen any of the Toxic Avengers or Sergeant... uh, Uh, No. No? No. Sergeant Kabuki Man or Tromeo and Juliet or anything like that. If any of you listeners have seen these films, um, you know, they're just like... They're so over the top that they're good. You know, it's like, this is, if you told me it was made by trauma, um, I would be like, okay, that makes 100% sense. But it wasn't. It was, it was, you know, made by a major studio. Yeah, I don't know how it got made, Bjorn. I don't know how it got funded. I don't know. You know, I'm glad it did. I'm glad it did because... We're talking about it now. I get to talk about one of my good friends overseas about this like really weird movie that uh, I don't know, man. I I really feel like everyone listening should go watch this film if you haven't seen it. It is so bad, it's so good at the same time, man. It's really it's something uh, all altogether different from what you would expect. Okay, I got something here uh, about the ending when we were talking about Abobo driving the dragon wagon. Sure. Uh, that actually got an uh, explanation here. I had to just look it up. Okay. Because we're like, hmm, something is uh, not making sense here uh, between all the other stuff. Okay, so it's Jimmy that's uh, talking to Marion about Abobo wanting to drive the dragon wagon. And he's. And when he says that it's just Billing who is, uh, well, messing around, 
And that's the part that I didn't really get to go together. That's because in the movie they have messed the brothers up. It's Jimmy who can possess people, not Billy. Right. So that explains. So he means that Billy were supposed to have possessed a bobo. Well, while it's Jimmy who has that power. So, yeah, right. it's real logical. <laughs> yeah, because it's the the red brother has the ability to possess people and he's in the front seat with Marion and they for some reason assume that it's uh, the the other brother possessing him when his ability is to not take damage from stuff or something yeah that yeah now that you mentioned that that makes no fucking sense why how did the actors not even catch that they're like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute we just filmed the scene my power is this apparently they were just so uncaring at that point they were like you know what i don't even i don't care um all the credits we're getting paid yeah give us give us my money i'm gonna go on to do bigger and better things which i think the the brother that plays the red brother whichever one it is jimmy um he ended up being in a uh, video game later uh i'm looking behind me to see which what is it called right yeah think... it's been in some good movies yeah, he ended up having a pretty good career. The other one, Wolf, I think is his last name. Like, he kind of disappeared. Good Lord, I'm not seeing it. Maybe I don't own it. Uh, Surgical Strike, I think, maybe is what it's called. Um, there's a Sega CD game in which he... It's like one of the FMV full motion Sega CD games. I'm pretty sure that he's uh, he's the star of that. But yeah, he went on to like be in a number of like cop dramas and stuff like that on television. Um, the other brother, of course, he's famous for being in Party of Five and a couple of like cheesy romantic uh, comedies and stuff in the 90s. A real weird pick for a martial arts film, um, especially since they're supposed to be brothers. You'd think they would at the very least get two people of the same ethnicity, but again, just whatever. This film makes no sense. Why should they make sense here? <sighs> whatever. You know, maybe... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing you. It's, yeah. 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 Okay. It's a good movie, guys. I mean, I think. I don't know, Bjorn. What do you feel? Do you think like it's worth a watch? Oh, definitely. I mean, <laughs> th- this movie is like no other movie at all. Uh, if if you partake in any kind of extracurricular activities, I drink. I was drinking this film. I was laughing my ass off. If if you're one of these people that do does more than drink, I could see in my youth I used to smoke pot. Yeah, I don't any longer, obviously. But um, man, if I was high watching this film, I probably would have laughed myself to death at certain points. It's it is that off the wall. Uh, great film, guys. If you. you if you're looking for something that you can just make infinite fun of, this is the movie to do it. I highly, 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 highly suggest it. I'm so disappointed that James didn't come with us on this journey to watch this film, but I'm so appreciative of you coming forward and uh, helping me with it. Um, anyway, uh, there's a number of places that you can be found. Um, give us a lowdown on what it is you do. You have a podcast and where we can find you. So you can find me on Twitter at Mentheon, uh, M-E-N-T-H-I-O-N. I think that's the safest best just to find me. Right. Otherwise, on iTunes, you can find the show All Things Fantasy and Sci-Fi. That's, uh, well, it's a small pod and nothing really, but uh, I'm trying to run it at least. it's. Uh, I have been having some trouble with my audio equipment so i'm mm, not being able to too. record and uh, i have also partaken in uh, the rpg show the last uh, episode about breath of fire 4 right. and well that's mostly where you can find me and uh, on facebook on the all thing all things fancy and sci-fi i've just created that page and trying to get it going at least trying to learn some updates and stuff right yeah it's a great show guys you should check it out bjorn talks about everything from david eddings to i did an episode of willow with him uh we're going to be doing an upcoming upcoming episode of heavy metal which i've unfortunately yet to rewatch. um just anything having to do with science fiction bjorn will cover it if you have any requests like hey you know i'd really like to see an episode on the ghostbusters Give him a, you know, write to him. I'm sure he'd be down to do that. He's a great guy. It's a great show. 
definitely check it out. Uh, you can find me at RetroCal at Twitter. You can find other information about me and the other shows that I do, Is It Worth a Podcast, etc. at RetroGameCore, that's C-O-R-P-S dot com. Um, I'm really available everywhere. You can find me on Facebook at IsItWorthItPodcast.com. Um, James, of course, is at James Moholland. He wasn't on this episode, but if you want to drop him a line, definitely do so. If you have any suggestions for this show or any other whatever that we do, definitely write in on that. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. Uh, definitely thank you, Bjorn, for coming on with me on this episode. Those listening, keep it retro, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.